Last week, the BC Humanist Association uh, mentioned that Vancouver Council was one of seven municipalities uh, which included prayers in their 2022 inaugural council meeting. Now, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled in 2015 that including a prayer in a council meeting violated um, the state's duty of neutrality and therefore was um, unconstitutional. Now, this uh, does go on still across this country. In 2018, 26 municipalities included prayers in their inaugural meeting. Uh, and I wanted to talk to the BC Humanist Association about this issue. It's a very interesting conversation. Dr. Teal Phelps Bondaroff is a research co- coordinator with the BC Humanist Association, and he joins us now. Dr. Bondaroff, thank you for, us, uh, for your time today. It's good to talk to you. Please call me Teal. And yeah, pleasure chatting with you. Well, I, look, I look forward to it, to it as well, because uh, when I was in MLA, this came up uh, between 2017 and 2020 as well. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, mm-hmm. why is this of concern? Because if you take all the council meeting council meetings across this uh, province of ours and across this country, it's a very small number in the grand scheme of things. Why should we be worried about prayers before uh, council meetings begin? Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, it's it's a small number here in British Columbia, thanks in large part to the advocacy of the BC Humanist Association. As you mentioned in your uh, in your introduction, 26 municipalities violated the Constitution in 2018, only seven in 2022. But if you look at other provinces, the number is a lot larger. So we've done a study in Ontario where we found 156 municipalities out of 328 with a population of over 1,000 had prayer in their 2018 inaugurals. That's a lot of municipalities. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it's a problem is, first of all, the the Supreme Court has recognized that the state has a duty of religious neutrality, and it described this in the Saguenay decision as a democratic imperative. This is fundamental to the functioning of our democracy. And so when the government endorses one religion over other religions or religion over non-religion, it's creating a space in our council chambers that some people are more welcome than others. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And uh, we want everyone to be welcome in decision-making bodies in our country. And having some people feel like guests and other people feel more welcome is a big problem. And ultimately, this is a question of the state remaining neutral in questions of religion. And there's been great progress. But yes, yeah, seven municipalities, Belcara, Colwood, Delta, Parksville, Tumblr Ridge, Vancouver, and West Kelowna violated the Constitution in their most recent inaugural. Uh, and what... Um, uh religious denomination are those prayers uh, uh, conducted in? Yeah, so in 2018, all 26 prayers were Christian prayers of some denomination or the other. Um, This time around, in 2022, all seven municipalities had Christian prayers in their uh, municipal meeting and their meetings. Vancouver did something a little different. They've uh, never had a prayer before, but this time around they did, and they had five prayers. So there uh, was a Catholic prayer, Protestant prayer, um, Jewish prayer, Sikh prayer, and uh, Muslim prayer. And um, those were kind of, it was a 13-minute segment of the inaugural meeting, and it was kind of like a group project where each representative of each religious tradition um, delivered a few minutes of a prayer, and they kind of blended them all together. Uh, This is sort of an attempt at ecumenicism, but at the end of the day, it still fails because you're representing five religions over the infinite number of other religions out there. And then, of course, you're also favoring religion over non-religion, and that is, of course, a violation of the state's duty of religious neutrality. So I'm going to put this in practice just for a moment here. Uh, When I was an MLA, uh, there would be prayers uh, prior to statements 
in the legislature when we were in session for about half an hour. We'd have statements, but before we began, we would begin with a usually you know thirty seconds to one minute prayer, and mm-hmm. uh, a variety of MLAs would be different MLA from different parties would would, would read the prayer. We'd all get up, uh, and then from there we'd have question period. So you know it wasn't a lot of time, but I've always felt the prayers, whether they be of Christian faith or whatever faith they may be, uh, you know, provided a how do I say this a guiding light in regards to the greater good that we were all elected there to do the people's work and we should always aspire to uh, a higher calling uh, and continue to do so. I was never offended as a Sikh, uh, born and raised by Orthodox parents, that they were Christian prayers or whatever prayers they may be. I know there's a greater opportunity now and greater, I think, recognition by government to have different faiths represented, and that's fine. Uh, but I was never offended by any of it. I just thought it was a reminder to me every time when I'm in that house, uh, in the midst of question period, and sometimes things get very heated, as you know, um, that th- th- this provided um, perhaps uh, you know a reminder to me that there are bigger things here and you're there to do the people's work. What do you say to that argument that there's nothing wrong with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fundamentally wrong insofar as what you're doing is you're creating a space in the legislature that favors some religions over others. It's interesting you mentioned Sikhism. So I did an analysis of every prayer in the BC municipal uh, legislature between 2023 and mm-hmm. 2019. We found zero Sikh prayers. Um, What was interesting about those two was 71.2% of them we identified as religious, and where we could identify the religion, 93.1% of them were identified as Christian. So you have an overwhelming majority of religious traditions, one religious tradition represented over others. And it's interesting you mentioned some of the prayers. Like, you're right, sometimes an ecumenical statement at the beginning of a meeting might be able to help ground people. But then you have, like, Norm Letnick in 2001 said, thank God for shipping contracts, you know? Or uh, one of my other favorite ones, I don't know if you were in the legislature for this one, but um, it was during the uh, health workers' strike. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is um, uh, Kevin Kruger from Kamloops North Thompson in 2004. Mm -hmm. And he used the opportunity of delivering his prayer to say that we pray that the HEU workers who went back to work, um, that, um, that you'll help them to carefully appraise their opportunities mm-hmm. and make choices that will be right, the right ones for themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. Maybe a prayer is not the best time to make a statement about, and I think you raise a very good point. That's an excellent example of bad judgment. And I would, I would mm. assume uh, the members of his party, which were the BC Liberals at that time, probably would have talked to him privately or probably should have, because that's not the point. Of, of, of prayers and, once again, bad judgment on their part. Let's just mm. uh, step back just for a second and, and sort of talk bigger picture. One of the things people say the challenges before Western society today, you have polarized politics, you have a lot of challenges before it, and, and the West sometimes feels the world isn't what it used to be 30 or 40 years ago, and I would argue, yes, it is for, you know, technical disruption, geopolitical disruption, many other things, and can the face of Canada has changed. But one of the things, folks, uh, you know, when you look at the broader conversation, some folks would say is because we've walked away from faith. We don't go to church as much, or the Gurdwara, or the mosque, or whatever, that faith isn't um, integral to family life, to societal life, and it's okay to, um, you know, instill, include faith in places like governance and government. Uh, it's not overwhelming us. We still are a secular society. We shouldn't be afraid of it. What do you say to that bigger, broader conversation? One of the reasons the challenges that we have in society, we collectively as a society, as families perhaps, have to walk away from going to the church or, or the mosque or the synagogue. And that maybe we need to have religion brought back into our lives uh, for a greater grounding of society. 
I mean, it's certainly one perspective. I think the problem we're talking about here is whether you want the government endorsing that, whether you want the government to be encouraging people to support one religion over another religion or encouraging religion over non-religion. And we've seen the horrors that that has resulted around the world in our history. It's mm-hmm. generally a bad idea when you have a theocracy. Mm-hmm. And it's generally a bad idea when you have a government that tries to put its finger on the scales in favor of one religion over others. We've seen that around the world causing tons of problems. Um, and so I think it's not a particularly good idea. If people want to support their own religions and, and explore different faith traditions, that's up to them. But the question here is whether the state should be doing that, the mm-hmm. government itself, allocating specific time for one religion over others. It, it's not possible to represent the pure diversity of faith traditions in any legislative setting. And then, of course, if you were to do that, you'd ignore people who are non-believers. And interestingly enough, when you have a majority of people in British Columbia that are non-believers, you know, 54% according to the last census. And so the question, of course, we have is, do we want the government putting its finger on the scales, telling people what they should believe when it comes to religion and spirituality? Uh-huh. And the answer, I think, should absolutely fundamentally be no. The 54% number that you just uh, provided us, um, is that people fed up with organized religion, but still perhaps have room for spirituality in their life? Uh, perhaps at its core still believe in a faith, but maybe turned off by uh, some of the requirements of organized religion, some of them being, you know, going to a, a church or whatever it may be on a Sunday or, you know, regular attendance, all of that. Is that where you think that 54% comes from? These people have just fundamentally walked away from organized religion. I mean, there's been a growing trend of people walking away from organized religion in, in the West, particularly in Quebec. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Quebec. particularly <laughs> in British Columbia. My apologies. <laughs> uh, Quebec as well. That was the 70s. But, um, I mean, I, the level of granularity is not available in, in the census for that kind of information. So I think that's each person's individual story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the critical thing here, though, is, you know, when we're talking about whether it's a legislature or a municipal council meeting or parliament, which still opens with a prayer on a daily basis, whether we think that represents the diversity of our country. And I'd say fundamentally that it doesn't. And, you know, when you look at, say, the legislature and we're looking at you know, an overwhelming number of prayers um, are religious in nature, um, that sort of sends a signal to people who are not religious that they're not as welcome here. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, too, is there were some changes that were made. So recently... In um, British Columbia, the legislature made two procedural changes. One, they changed the procedure from prayers to prayers and reflections. And the second one was that they used to have a sample list of prayers. I don't know if you recall getting yes, handed I do. the sheet. Yeah. yeah, so the sheet went from five prayers that were sort of vaguely um, religious, somewhat quite, quite Christian, and now there's a list that includes um, other faith traditions as well. Mm-hmm. And so that was somewhat of an improvement. But what's interesting there is you have um, a land acknowledgement Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, Jewish, Muslim, and Sikh faith traditions being represented, but no, like, non-religious statement. Uh, The BC Humanist Association uh, submitted non-religious statements, and those are not being read. And when you look at Saguenay itself, they describe the state's duty of religious neutrality being abstention. So the state doesn't have a position on this issue, and the opposite of prayer is not no prayer. The opposite of prayer would be starting each meeting with the declaration that there was no God or gods. And I think when you think about it that way and how that might upset some people who are religious, you can kind of start to understand why this is a practice that isolates and makes people feel excluded from our political process. My guest is Dr. Teal Phelps-Bondroff. He's a research coordinator with the BC Humanist Association. The question for you out there is, should there be prayers in Parliament, in the legislature, or council chambers? And what I mean by that is people uh, reading a short prayer prior to proceedings beginning. Sometimes those can be 30 seconds, sometimes they can be a minute, minute and a half. They don't take up a lot of time, but uh, Dr. Bondarov says the Supreme Court has spoken, spoken 2015 
that uh, basically has prayer and council meetings violated the state's duty of neutrality. What do you think? Give us a call on the open line. Do you think we should still have prayers uh, in Parliament, our legislature, or council chambers? So let's go to the open line. Let's go to Jimmy in Surrey. Hi, Jimmy. Oh, hi, Jazz. Like you, uh, I'm a, a Sikh, but I'm a progressive, moderate family. And mm-hmm. I've never been offended by any type of prayer, uh, except for one, which is the uh, uh, environmentalist religion. Other than that, any kind of reli- uh, see, uh, prayer in any kind of uh, traditional place is welcomed by me, never has offended me. And you're going to hear a lot of these people get offended on behalf of other cultures. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, there are not enough Sikh prayers, so therefore there should be no prayers. Sorry, this was a Christian country. It should be more uh, Christian prayers first. We're, we're, we're recently arrived here. So, no, we're not offended. And don't be offended on behalf of other people, please. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's go to Ron in Abbotsford, and then he'll let you, let you respond. Ron, uh, what's on your mind? Hello. Hi, Jazz. Hi. Um, like, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I am, I am not offended by uh, prayers, you know, at the municipal, provincial, or federal level whatsoever. Uh, I'm not offended by it. Uh, I was really appreciative of your guest's comment that, you know, for for many people in Canada, uh, religion, you know, it, it helps to, to ground them. It mm-hmm. grounds society. This is about, you know, Canada. It's diversity, multiculturalism, you know, versus assimilation. You know, I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Sikh, Buddhist, or whatever. I think it's just and what's the alternative? Uh, people stand up and uh, do what they do in the United States, which is uh, pledge allegiance to the flag and, uh, and, and, you know, and sing their national anthem. Anyway, I think... Uh, Ron, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, you want to respond to our first two callers in regards to, I guess, the second one, especially. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, to answer Ron's question, yeah, what's the absolutely. alternative? The alternative is we get to work. I'm a city councillor here in the District of Saanich, and rather than spending one or two minutes uh, having an unconstitutional practice at the beginning of our meetings, we get to work. You know, Or um, what's another proposal? The BCHA has proposed the three things. One, you do nothing. The second one is a moment of silent reflection, which lets everyone get their head in the game, but is also non-prescriptive. So one person could be playing Candy Crush on their phone. Another person could be praying to their god or gods. And the third option would be a territorial acknowledgement or something um, moving forward with reconciliation. One thing that was really interesting in our study that we found was, Mm -hmm. um, and this is sort of, we were looking at all the agendas of every municipal council meeting, so we thought we'd do this anyways, was the amount of Indigenous content in inaugural meetings went up. So in 2018, 38.8% of municipalities had Indigenous content, whether it was a territorial acknowledgement, greetings from elders, traditional welcomes, singing, drumming. Um, In 2022, it was up to 71%. So this is progress being made um, around reconciliation. That, to me, is a more meaningful ceremony than another ceremony that excludes people. Um, and what Jimmy was saying was actually quite interesting. He's oh, except this group. You know, I'm, I'm okay with all religious statements except for this religious group, which I think is kind of the point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has one or two religious statements that they may be uncomfortable with. But the real test is not whether you have one prayer from one faith tradition or prayer from another faith tradition. It would be whether people would be okay with starting every meeting with a declaration that there was no God. And then when you think about it that way, you kind of think, oh, I can see how that could be offensive to some religious people and maybe feel make them feel excluded. Maybe we just don't do that part of the meeting. We get to work. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Bondroff, we've run out of time. I look forward to having you on again, by the way. I think this is a very important conversation. We should continue it, to not just in the context of council chambers, but the broader issue of, of religion uh, in within in, within Canada here and broader yep. Western societies. Well, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. 
it was it was great talking to you. And uh, yeah, the BCHA is going to continue our advocacy on the subject, so folks can uh, get in touch if they have any questions and check out our report on our website. And looking forward to talking in the future.